Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Grand Hotel, the line is busy. Okay. That's what they said. No, I know. You did do a switchboard voice for, I think it was All the President's Men. Yeah. White House, Mitha speaking. White House. (laughs) White House, how may I do it? That's what it was, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'll accept it. Because that's how they answer it at the White House. Which is strange. Mm -hmm. And that's how they answer the phone at the Grand Hotel. Not the Grand Hotel. Sorry, at Grand Hotel. Just Grand Hotel, yeah. Get it right. Yeah. Grand we just watched this movie, Mita. I did? Yeah. <laughs> I watched it before you. Yeah, you did watch it before <laughs> me. How's it going? I am here. Yeah? Present. Present. Clear and present danger. Yeah. Very Harrison Ford. I've never seen that movie. I haven't either, actually. Yeah. It goes I hand in love... hand with The Fugitive when people talk about Harrison Ford and his 90s of adventure and Air Force One. I like, I like Air Force One is what I was about to say. Yeah. I like Air Force One. Too. I like anything with Gary Oldman. Okay, Air Force One was fun. Mm-hmm. It was easy, unbelievable, but fun. Yeah, totally unbelievable, but fun. The president would not be able to do that. No, he would not, especially not our current president. Oh, yeah, no. But maybe Imagine. back in the day, I maybe Obama. Like Obama could. I think Young Joe could. Maybe Young Joe. Young, Young Joe. Joe yeah. Young Joe was a looker too. Yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> Young Joe could do it in that, like you know that picture of him in the Hawaiian yep, shirt. Yep. Young that young, young Joe, Joe could, could do, do it. it, but Obama actually it looks like might he have. belongs in Top Gun or yeah. something. Obama as president possibly could have done it. Perhaps I I feel like when it gets down to it, though, like if he was presented in that kind of situation, I do feel like he would he would be more logical than we all expect him to be. Obama and he would be like, no, I'm not going to harm myself. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think he'd yeah yeah he'd use his mind, not his prowess. <laughs> You'd use brain over broad. Yeah. Do you think Justin Trudeau would? I think Justin Trudeau would be the opposite. I think he'd think he could do it. He could do it yeah. and then be like, oh, and then be no, like, oh, I oh this is a lot this. harder than I thought it would be. God bless oh. JT. What about Stephen Harper? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Remember him? Remember him. God, what a train wreck. He would save himself and abandon everyone else on that plane. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Totally. And his wife, kids, whoever was there, he'd be like, F you, figure it out. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And I'm not going to say it in yep. French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. That was nice. <laughs> so, Mita, I have yeah. decided, I watched a lot of television of late. I, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a lot about it. And I was going to actually start watching, because after I finished The Staircase, I watched Hacks, season two of okay. Hacks, which was entertaining yeah. and easy. And I was like so close to starting something new. I thought about actually starting Barry, because I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of things about it, but I didn't want to commit to something. And then I was like, should mm-hmm. I watch The Boys? Oh, Because yeah. I've heard a lot of things about The Boys. Mm-hmm. And did you watch The Boys? Instead, I've been watching Modern Family, and I'm okay with that decision. <laughs> you know what? Modern Family, I went through this during pandemic. Yeah. I decided, because there's a whole chunk of it that I missed. Like the but second I still haven't half, watched right? that last season. Yeah. 
the whole second I was I definitely watched it like week to week the first three seasons like I would watch it I watched it week to week like the first six seven seasons like I'm realizing now that I'm going through it on Disney plus like six like a lot and then I kind of just like fell off but I think it was also because I think I moved to Vancouver and then I got married like there are things in my life that just prevented it the writing also like dips for sure like it's not the same it doesn't maintain itself, but it still is very, I find shows like Modern Family, sitcoms in general, more than drama ever, they feel very warm. Mm-hmm. Like it's they're, all, comforting. they're comforting. And it's like easy 22 minutes. Like when I'm on my lunch, I'm like, I can watch like two and a half episodes on a lunch and yeah. it feels easy. Nothing too heavy. The jokes are easy. But Modern Family is a good sitcom in that the writing is still clever and the jokes are still clever. It's not like I'm watching The Big Bang Theory. I would not be friends with you if you decided to do that. People really like The Big Bang Theory. I notoriously am known to, like, despise I don't know why the Chuck Lorre... Yeah, I I, despise Chuck Lorre. I I don't understand why his sitcoms are so popular. Like the Two Two and and a Half half Men. men, I despise Two Broke Girls. There were so many of them that were so popular. I don't mind Dharma and Greg just because of its like. But I feel like if I were to watch Dharma and Greg today, I'd be like, no. But in the in the time that it was on, it was like, Dharma and Greg are so funny. But Dharma and Greg is also when you have to be reminded that it's Chuck Lorre. Like it doesn't instant. Mm, like it doesn't, doesn't go into like the, it. yeah, Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. It doesn't go into that pot. Because yeah. that kind of sitcom is really like your traditional poorly written poorly executed sitcom that poop some jokes. poop jokes that somehow managed to last like 10 seasons each yeah like who is watching these um well cbs is for old people yeah that's true that's what it is it's old people and old people are loyal <laughs> and so they will watch something for 12 years without missing a beat did you ever watch a full episode of big bang theory like and i mean I sit and I watch have rather than like I assume we've all watched it in like osmosis, like on in the background, but like sat mm-hmm. down and absorbed it end to end. I did have friends who were into it, like at the height of it. And so I think I definitely, I'm pretty sure I watched the whole pilot from start to beginning and I was like, no, I'm not into this. And then obviously like, you know how Facebook has those like clip videos sometimes yep. and you just go on a weird tangent yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just like watching all the, I've seen like a ton of the clips and I'm like, no, this isn't funny. And also, it's racist. <laughs> yeah, it is racist. Yeah. <laughs> racist so, and sexist. Just dumb. Condescending. And it's a show about smart people. So that's what like I never understood. And the other thing, though, is like they have this character, Sheldon. I guess there had been like some character development throughout the year of like he gets a girlfriend. He ha- gets married, I think. But I just feel like why wouldn't you have development on like his neurodivergence and like how he learns how to cope with that? Like it, I also Me have not watched the that series. That sounds but... way too much for that show. <laughs> like way too much for that show. But that's what I mean. Like I would rather watch something like that where like even when you have a show like Shit's Creek, which I know you haven't watched before. No. And I should. But it's on the list. Yes. There is a character, Alexis, who is like a ditz. Yeah. And Alexis has a beautiful character arc. Yeah. And like by the end of the series, like, she's really come into her own. And it's, like, very enjoyable to see somebody grow in that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the Big Bang Theory and shows like that kind of just stay stagnant in what initially made them funny and, like, don't ever actually grow. Is there a place for that? That kind of comedy and that kind of writing and that kind of production overall? Something- well, I think, like, if you look at something like The Office, like, Dwight does change by the end of the 
the series. Yeah, but I'm but that's not what I'm asking. Is there a place for something for poorly written sitcoms? Yeah, I think again, it's subjective, right? So like, I might not like that. But, that, but I think you're the right person to ask. Someone who likes it will obviously be like, well, of course. But as someone who doesn't mm-hmm. like it, can you at least recognize? And I'm wondering, can I recognize the function yeah. of it in terms of entertainment overall? And I think I can. I think I can see where, yeah, yeah. there's that comfort level. And so people aren't going to want things to change or people to grow. But I, I don't know if I respect that audience. Yeah. I can see even like something like The Big Bang Theory versus something like Modern Family is still easier to digest. It's still like that laugh track kind of comedy where the joke is fed to you. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, you don't have to think about it. Because in a laughless comedy, like a laugh trackless, sorry. Yeah. You really do have to follow along. And it's not this cadence of joke a minute with a laugh track a minute. Telling you when to Telling you when to laugh. And oftentimes the jokes aren't like laugh out loud. They're clever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, have you watched How I Met Your Father yet? I haven't. And I don't think I will. So How I Met Your Father, it's really interesting because it's trying to toe the line of being a show of that time, of the How I Met Your Mother time, which is a laugh Laugh track track comedy. Yeah, uh, multi-camera sitcom. And it's also trying to toe the line of being something a little bit modern and like have more of modern storytelling. It's set in 2022, mm-hmm. like, and in in a lot of ways, it really fails. Like it <laughs> because because that kind of comedy and that kind of show is dated, yeah. and so like people aren't going to watch that. But you're also trying to present something that's really new and fresh, mm-hmm. but it's you're still presenting a story that's already kind of been done or at least a trope that's been done let's retrospectively look at this person and how they come to find the person they have a child with and so there are points of it where i'm like oh i do like this like i think it is kind of cute and like i could totally see myself like wanting to keep watching this show Mm -hmm. but then there's times where i'm like you're just trying to recreate something that was only good at a certain period of time. I think if How I Met Your Mother was on the air today, I don't think it would be as successful as it was back then. Yeah, I think so too. And especially because How I Met Your Mother was kind of at the tail end of laugh track comedy. Mm -hmm. Like it really was. Like it was when The Office and 30 Rock and Modern Family were all at their peaks when it came out. Same year. It started in 2005. Yeah, so they were, it was... It was definitely one of the last ones. And all this to say, by the way, laugh track comedies can be entertaining. Seinfeld Friends, to name, like, two of the, at the end, and then there's everything that came out in, like, the 80s, the 70s, that kind of built up that. I do think that as, like, we evolved as a society then, Mm -hmm. the laugh track became kind of cheesy. And it, the pure addition of it kind of ruined whatever you were trying to produce. You can't make friends anymore. You can't make friends anymore. And Friends was of its time. Seinfeld was of its time. Like, Seinfeld wouldn't work now either. And there's many... <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think people people are still oh. offended by things in Seinfeld, right? You, like, you see those BuzzFeed posts all the time, like... And they're dumb, and I don't agree with them. But I don't think... Mm-hmm. I think this overly sensitive generation couldn't handle stuff like that. I think the concept of a show about nothing could still work. Just like maybe the concept of a movie about nothing. But I think the concept of Seinfeld is actually, I know you're trying to you work your job. Tra- I, I know what you're trying to do, but I have to address what you said. 
and then you can say it again to actually okay. segue. Promise. Okay, okay. I think the issue with Seinfeld is that while it is a show about nothing, it is actually a show about four misanthropes. And I think that could never work. Four people who are compassionateless and kind of self-centered and selfish and have it play for jokes. I just don't think people could handle I it. I think people would be age. up in arms about yeah. it, but I do think there's an audience there for it. I'm an audience for it. Exactly. I absolutely am. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think it would get made because I don't think I'm enough of an audience. Hmm. Now say it again. Well, you know, Seinfeld was a show about nothing. Mm. Just like there are movies about nothing as well. Yes, Mita, there are movies about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched one of them this week when we watched... Grand Hotel. Just Grand Hotel, not The Grand not Hotel. Not The. It's just Grand. Just Grand. Yeah. We watched the 1931 Best Picture winner, Grand Hotel, starring people we actually recognize. Yeah, names, names. guys. Real names. Yeah. Do you want to give us a quick IMDb Discro meets? Sure. Was this for 1931 or 1932? Oh, 1932. Sorry. I was putting <laughs> yeah. up Cimarron today. <laughs> That's why I was thinking 1931. This is from 1932. So, Grand Hotel from 1932. IMD Discro is as follows. A group of very different individuals staying at a luxurious hotel in Berlin deal with each of their respective dramas. Ooh. Ooh. Define drama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what this picture Drama! That's what this if movie's If you haven't, to do. speaking of laugh track comedy, if you, oh wait, no, there isn't There's a laugh track in happy, happy endings. endings. No. That's why happy endings is great. Yeah, because there great. isn't laugh Super track. underrated. But yeah, drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we watched Grand Hotel, which stars one Joan Crawford. Wee oui, wee. Oui. One John Barrymore. Yes. One Greta Garbo amongst a few. Yes. And these are names I know. Right. It was wild. Not just from the Vogue song. Yeah, not just from the <laughs> Vogue song. I actually heard these names. Real Hollywood stars. Our first forte into like Hollywood. Yes. For the Oscars. Yes, exactly. What the Hollywood that we know of it today. Yes. That well, that we recognize. I don't think we know this Hollywood. No, but I think we have a, a bit more of a window into it. We mm-hmm. have like a sliver into this Hollywood. There's a little peekaboo. Peekaboo. We're not full, in the full window yet. Okay. I really want to know what you thought about this. Oh, I get to go first. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can go I first know if you want you, me to. Wait, no, but, but I want to know what you think I thought. I don't know. That's why I'm actually super curious because you were A, looking forward to this. The first, This was the mm-hmm. first movie you were looking forward to. I think, okay, let me start then because we're going to ask me what you thought. So here's how I watched this movie. I had to watch it in two parts. Mm-hmm. I watched about an hour. It's just under two hours. So I watched an hour the first day on Sunday night, and then I watched the other hour on Monday night yesterday. After the first hour, I was just like, wow, this movie really is about nothing. Like, nothing is happening here. I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. It still is. There's some compelling characters. It's nice to see people that you know on screen. Things are happening. Then I watched the second half yesterday, and there was actual stuff that transpires. And that mm-hmm. second half really changed my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And it really made me appreciate the movie as a whole. And that's going to be my like quick version of it. But now I want to know okay. your thoughts. We are in the same boat. Yeah. 
I was I had very high expectations, okay. which I think kind of worked in my detriment yeah. in this case, though, because I was expecting I don't I didn't know what the film was about exactly. Yeah. I just knew that Joan Crawford was in it. And I was like, oh, Joan, Joan Crawford, she's a good time. Yeah. And I also know that Greta Garbo is in the Vogue song. And then it stars Drew Barrymore's Grand, great, is it great grandfather, grandfather, her grandfather and her grand uncle then, I guess, because they're brothers. Yeah. But. Drew's family is in Drew's this Drew's family is in this, yeah. <laughs> and I was excited because, you know, I love Drew. Yeah. Scream. Watch it. <laughs> so I did have higher expectations and I did, I I understood that it was a drama, but I was just like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And in that first hour, I'm just like, okay, what is this about? Yeah. <laughs> because you are following these people along um as they are guests in this hotel, but there isn't really any substance happening. Mm-hmm. And then... I just looked down at my phone and then looked up and all of a sudden all these things. <laughs> all these things in like very quick succession too. Very quickly. And I was like, huh, what's going on here? What did I miss? And I had to go back a little bit just to make sure. But no, it does really happen quite suddenly, which is like an interesting way to pace a film. But I feel like in terms of like watching a movie, that's a really poor way to capture an audience. So interestingly enough, Mm-hmm. This was, I was watching this and I was like, this is probably Robert Altman's biggest inspiration as a film. Mm, I can see that completely. Totally, probably the movie that defined his career, defined him as a filmmaker. I can absolutely see, especially in what I think is one of his best work, Gosford Park, is mm-hmm. so evident in this and so like yes. rich in this. This is exactly like Gosford Park, though. In terms of that flow like nothing happens until about an hour and 20 into that movie and you're building you're building this like life you're building this world and then the thing happens the murder happens in gosford park and like in this there's like a few a series of things that happen but you are building that world in order to make the rest of that stuff make sense exactly it's like the reveal and got spoiler alert if you haven't seen Mm -hmm. gosford park but the reveal of, like, Ryan Philippe's character in that, yeah. I remember, like, watching it for the first time and texting you, being like, why is he in here? Why does he yeah. have a fake British accent? This is terrible. And then <laughs> and being then like, when you oh. realize why he's in there, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is genius yeah. casting. <laughs> I actually, I totally see what you're saying with it. And I think that Altman does it better, though. So does Altman do it better because Altman has years of... Altman has color on his side, I think. That like seems to actual... be a big thing for you. It does. I don't know what it is. I've never thought of myself to be somebody that needs to watch movies like in Technicolor. Mm-hmm. But I I really think depending on what the movie is about, it does make a, a difference for me. Like I really enjoyed Francis Ha. I think that movie in black and white makes sense to me. But there are some things like a story like this where I feel like color and like that that movement just adds to the actual story itself. Because you were thinking of Robert Altman while watching mm-hmm. this. I was thinking of like Soderbergh and when he has a lot of different stars okay. in a film or a really big yep. ensemble, um, a big ensemble cast and how he navigates through those different stories. And for me, I specifically thought about Traffic, 
which like does not relate to this movie whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But when I think about traffic and you're managing all these different storylines, he uses color very effectively to be able to tell you the difference between each story. Um, and that's so that you're also getting that emotional value from it as well. But isn't that dangerous to compare like color to black and white? Because it's not the film's fault. The limitations no, of the no, film no, no. are not, you know, the technical, especially like in terms of color and in terms of like what it could do. Mm-hmm. You can't. I think it would enhance a story. For sure. But can you hold it yeah. against the movie? No. And I'm not saying like this is bad because it's in mm-hmm. black and white. It's just something that I've noticed from like from my vantage point mm. as a viewer of like I actually I'm learning yeah. something about myself yes. here. I respond better to color film than I do to black older and black and white yeah. films. Yeah. I also and like we've talked about this black and white it's easy it's harder to retain someone's attention, I think. I think mm-hmm. it's really the monotony of black and white can be very very drowsy. Like as an experience it isn't vibrant and if you're used mm-hmm. to watching you watch a black and white movie like this and compare it to something like, you know, Devdas, which is like, like color, color an explosion mm-hmm. of color. Mm-hmm. And that movie, and not just that movie, but like any movie like, that is so visually intense can be distracting almost in a different way. Because it's almost like it's an assault on your senses, whereas this is almost just like a, it's like a sedative. <laughs> And not like, and again, taking a NyQuil, taking a NyQuil, taking, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's what, you know, black and white movies, people do say it puts me to sleep. It puts me to sleep. Yeah. But this one is full of some excitement in the plot, within the plotting. And it is at least, you know, I was watching this the first half. I was like, so is this just what these movies are going to be like the first like 10 or so? Is it just going to be these movies about nothing? And then the shit happens. And I'm like, oh, I actually I was really impressed with how they brought everything in and how the plots intertwined. And especially mm-hmm. about there's some spoilers here, which I wasn't anticipating when, you know, spoiler alert, I do think you should watch this. And like, I think the element of surprise is actually really entertaining in this. But when John Barrymore dies... I was surprised. Just like, what? Did he kill him? Is that what happened? Like, I was yeah. legitimately, I didn't expect that. I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried for Joan Crawford. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what about Joan Crawford? And then I was thinking about yeah. Greta Garbo and like, how are they going to do that? I love the fact that she actually didn't know. Like, I love, this didn't. It's ra- open-ended it's, for her. It's like, open-ended. what happened yeah. to this man? There's another movie right, right there. Right there. There's so many <laughs> yeah. like interesting things. And like, I really, really appreciated that about this. That like, for a movie from so long ago, that is dependent on maybe being a little bit more like wrapping things up with a bow this doesn't do that it really is mm-hmm. meant to feel like a transient film and i love how all these people come in on this day the shit happens and then they all somehow leave this hotel and the uh, effect is meant to be that when that new couple comes in from flying a plane i guess they're meant to be you're meant to be like here's another story coming into this coming yeah. into this hotel and i really yeah. liked that I l- it's almost I feel like they should have had them come through a revolving door. Didn't they? Like a, that but like just continue that. Oh yeah. Does there a revolving door? I think so. I remember a scene with Greta Garbo, like when she's in her moments of ecstasy, kind of going through a revolving door. But I really like that. And that to mm-hmm. me, it made it kind of the end justified the the whole thing. And I think sitting through this the second time, if I were to, yeah. I would understand it a little bit better. That is one thing I'll say about this. This is definitely like you do need to watch it more than once. I think that first viewing is kind of, again, because it starts off so slowly and you don't quite understand what's going to be happening. 
you're not appreciating it for what Mm -hmm. it is. But in like a second view or a third view, then you definitely can't appreciate those moments. And I think it's interesting to see a movie kind of shine when it's brought to your attention. Like you need to watch this multiple times as opposed to like from the get go. Right. And like, I just think, I don't know from what do you think from a screenwriting uh, perspective from a perspective <laughs> thank you from a screenwriting perspective do you want to start a film so slow paced like i have you ever walked out of a theater no i've never <laughs> never have you? okay i know i have but right now can't i can't think, think about what it was never. I've sat but i know everything. i have walked out of something before and been like no i just don't want to watch this but it might have been something i had already seen so maybe that's i stopped a couple of movies like rented them like i remember mm-hmm. stopping Gili and being like this is garbage I'm not devoting my time to this and Elizabeth (laughs) Town was another one that I was just like this is terrible I cannot waste my time on this there's a few of them but no not in a theater but I think and I I, you you were asking a good question I Mm -hmm. think when I think about well why I stopped Elizabeth Town is that it was about an hour into it and I was like this isn't going anywhere (laughs) this is what if it did it didn't and I think that's the thing about the modern movie. You know the beats it's going to hit. You know mm-hmm. the beats it's going to hit early on. Whereas this, I almost knew, I feel like something's going to happen here. But And I think the way the writing is done and the way it's set up, you are intrigued to see what's going to happen. Because, for instance, that one hour mark that I stopped it at is when he's meant to go to the bar. And so Joan Crawford's character is meant to meet John Barrymore at the bar and they're meant to date, mm-hmm. like have a dance. So at that point, he's two-timing them, right? Yeah. So there's already a little bit of like story being built into that. And by that point, Pen Pensing already has that uh, telegram about Manchester not working out. So by that point, there has been, seeds have been dropped about like plot points that need to be explored. explored. So yeah. you have done your due diligence and like given me enough to move forward if you hadn't given me those things by that point i might be like what am i watching here but it doesn't it really does it goes slowly yes Yes. but it's a slow it's a slow burn but it definitely does give me enough to entice me to keep going Mm. and then it the payoff is really solid i will agree like the payoff is worth it so if you do decide to watch this movie if you're watching along with us that's exciting just know that that, yeah. <laughs> that it is really slow to start with. And like, I think, I also think part of my perspective is skewed right now because we're watching all of these older films and I'm, I'm not like tired yet, but I can see that I'm going to get there maybe. And so part of me is just like, okay, like, let's get through this. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. It feels like homework in a lot of ways. And yeah. so maybe taking in that first, like, I would say it, it like in the first hour 10, it takes to finally like pick up. It, it, and this it, movie is less than two hours long. It is that 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 scene in the bar, though, where things start to pick up. Mm-hmm. That is really when it starts to happen. That f- it takes a while. It, just, to get it there, does though. take a while to get there, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. But what about the notion that at least it's planting enough to give you keep you going to give you something? Yeah. But and that I I can respect and like I feel like I understand what they're doing there. But it's just it's a that's a long chunk of your movie that's half of your movie that you're spending to build up to this moment like you have to have something in there that's a little bit intriguing i don't feel like those small plot points were intriguing enough to like kind of see because at that point i was thinking like okay it's just gonna be very anticlimactic like nothing's really gonna happen here it's just like 
old storytelling, which is fine. You can have that. But I was also in my mind, I had the notion of this is like one of the the greater dramas of its time. This was a movie that people love to see. It has all this this all star cast of the time. Uh Like these were very famous people. Uh I was expecting more. I was expecting maybe some like razzle dazzle. If you will. Maybe I just always want to watch Chicago. Stop bringing it back to Chicago. <laughs> I couldn't think of a word until I thought of <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. But I was like, expecting, I was expecting something. Yeah. Like, you know, I wanted, like, even when we watched something like 2001 A Space Odyssey, like that opening, even though like there's a whole section, like nothing's happening, all of a sudden something mm-hmm. happens and you're captivated. I didn't have anything that was like captivating in that moment. And so I just thought it was a really interesting way to present a film. But I do agree that the the payoff is worth it to get to that ending, to kind of see all of that play out, especially Greta Garbo. I think that's the most like fascinating storyline of the whole film. What did you think of Greta Garbo as an actress? I think w- what will be interesting to see over the course of this season is act- how acting styles change yeah. throughout all of the years. Um, I think Greta Garbo is... I might be wrong about this, but was she not also in silent films or no? I don't know, actually. Because I feel like... Because she's really chewing the scenery here. If Gar- if Greta Garbo was in a... Mo- but you know what it kind of reminded me of? Tell me. Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I feel like Anne Hathaway would give that kind of performance if she was in a movie like Grand Hotel. I was trying to... So the Grand Hotel was actually meant to be remade by Norman Jewison, I think. Oh. Yeah. and Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> And it just never got off the ground, is I think what happened. Yeah, Norman Jewison mm. in 1977, um, but it fell through oh, in okay. the 80s. I could totally see, I could totally see this being remade. And Norman Jewison mm-hmm. isn't who I would expect to make it, because obviously I would expect Robin Roblin to make it. And I was trying to think who would have played her. And if I, if we were to redo this now, it's very Nicole yeah. Kidman. It would be Nicole, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Nicole's a bit old for it. Yeah, because she's meant to be a dancer. She's supposed to be a prima donna. Prima yeah. Donna. Greta Garbo, who was 27 when this was made, but, like, looks like she's She looks like she's 40. 60. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, she looks... Like, people back then... Joan Crawford looks so old. No, she looks <laughs> but great. Don't tell I thought Joan Crawford looked great in this. Don't tell Joan I called don't, her old. Don't tell Joan, man. She <laughs> will flip a table if she hears this. <laughs> I actually thought she looked great, No, though. she'll throw a hanger at me. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I thought no, she I looked great like in this. I'm saying older. it again. I thought she looked really okay. good in this. You're in Joan's good graces. But I, I think she's definitely chewing the scenery and she's like very over the top. And I could see Anne Hathaway doing something like that. Have you seen, you probably haven't seen this, The is it The Hustle? or just I've seen Hustler? The Hustle, yeah. Hustle? The Hustle? The one with Rebel Wilson? Yeah. yeah I've seen The Hustle. <laughs> You've yeah, seen it? Yeah. Whoa. Um, think about Anne and that. Yeah, but that's also, she's playing a caricature, right? Like, this is meant and to like be sincere. And, like, Anne and the Witches. It's, like, very over the top and, like, I haven't seen the Witches, but from what I've seen from the trailer, I can tell. Anne has these moments where she's clearly a gay man in a woman's body. <laughs> and, like, she she's very, like, over the top yeah. and flamboyant with her actions. And, like, I feel like that's what garbo was in this and hathaway is also the best cat woman there ever was but just throwing that out there because she she's multifaceted yeah. she can do a lot of things but i think she could she if she did this she would do it that way but i am i don't know if i would cast her today yeah. like if you're asking me 2022 yeah. it, it should be somebody like a bit younger and who has that sort of like 
joie de vivre about them. Who is that? I don't know young people. Yeah. Maybe an anadarmas. <laughs> no. I could see her doing Joan's character. Oh, really? I feel like Joan's character, a lot more women could play that. Yes. Just because there's a lot more space for, like, interpretation and performance. Whereas Greta Garbo who do you think would... She was just... She was a lot. She was a (laughs) lot. She was a lot. Who do you think would direct it, though? Because Altman's dead. Altman is dead, unfortunately. I don't know if you know. I did know that. Okay. Okay. I don't know, actually. I don't know who... I don't know who directs ensembles the way he did. And maybe this is... I do feel like this would have to be a British movie, if I'm being honest. It Because it kind of oh, has that kind of, like, Downton Abbey-esque feel to it, too. Which is all, like, Julian Fellows, who wrote Gosford Park as well. So, like, I get, like, it's it's hard to remove yourself from that ensemble kind of place. Mm, what about Joe Wright? Maybe Joe Wright, actually. But, like... 2005 Joe Wright, not like current day Joe Wright. I don't know if I'm loving what he's been doing lately. <laughs> Atonement. Atonement and Pride and Prejudice, Joe Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Go with that. Joe could do it. Joe could do it. Interesting. I'm still kind of mad at him about what he did to Anushka. <laughs> I mean, shit happens. Yeah. He's going to cast his his wife then. Who is he married to? Haley Bennett. Oh, maybe. I don't know if they're married, but they have a baby. Yeah. Yeah, and you know she's she's actually oh, not. Oh, Kira Knightley actually could do. Oh, yeah, the Greta Garbo character, Kira Knightley, could do that and do it well. Do we think she's too? She old is too now, old for it though? now. Yeah, but she at the time, Pride and Prejudice, Kira Knightley could have done. Pride it. and Prejudice time, yeah. Kira Knightley, Knightley could have done, done it. it absolutely. Yeah, for sure, that would be really interesting to see. I think this is actually a movie that deserves a modern day remake. Like, it's a movie that, I like... I do, too. Of, like, of all the things I've kind of seen, this is one that I'm... Like, I and I don't really, like, push remakes, because I think they're kind of dumb, but this is one where I was... I, I'm thinking, like, I could totally be down for seeing a modern version of this. And there's also, like, there's so much time in between the original from now. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like 20 years, right? No. It's like, it's a good substantial amount of time between the two, and I think there could definitely be some, like, fresh takes on on this, and even, like... The love affairs in this could be a little bit more updated and like... Well, let's talk about the love affairs for a second. Salacious. There's something very yeah. interesting in the, all these movies that we've seen so far about the relationship between women and men. Because when Joan Crawford's character is essentially mm-hmm. propositioned to be like a side piece for Pysing. Is that his name? Get it, Joan. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then <laughs> she doesn't like... I think in the 30s, obviously, they had to, like, dance around things. Like, they yeah. couldn't talk explicitly about... He couldn't be like, hey, do you want to be my side piece? Do you want to be my side piece? We'll fuck in the hotel. And, like, they're, like that's not what they could, like, say. <laughs> and I'm going to go home to my wife, wife yeah. and will be my secretary. You just had to, like, yeah. connect the dots. <laughs> but she's totally down to do that. Mm-hmm. Which I actually thought was really interesting, especially for the time, for her to be so, like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. You're just going to pay me some money. Like, you're going to pay me well to do my job, and I'll do this on the side kind of thing. But... The relation that relationship that develops between her and Kringling, Kringleine? Yeah, what's his whatever his other name Barrymore. is? What is that? <laughs> what is that? What is that like? They have a cure for anything. Yeah, these like days. what is at the end? <laughs> is she his friend? Is she his lover? Is she his side piece? Like I could not figure that he out. He wanted to take care of her. He also does not seem like the type to be like, well, I'm taking care of you. Give me what I want. Like, I don't think he's that kind of a 
gentleman. But when he like says, I, "I would be, I could take care," I, I would, I, I would. He says something about being better than pens, pissing or whatever, and she, yeah. and she's like enamored by it. And I'm just like, really? Is she like who? I think she's just desperate. <laughs> Maybe I think she she wants a different life than what she has, and I think the idea of like running away with a wealthier man who's able to provide for her is what's attracting her to him and not actually him. Maybe with him specifically, it's the the idea that he was so nice and gentle with her that she is also interested. But I do want to know, like, what is that arrangement? Is this like, did you know that there's like professional cuddlers? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if this is like a professional cuddling kind of situation? I don't think it's anything like... I don't, is it sexual? More. I don't know. That's the weird that's thing the, with that. That's one. the thing because the, with Pisces, the assum the assumption is it is. But yes, with, that and but it's and it's evident yeah. too. Like they're meeting in the hotel. The way he comes into her room. Yes, like, exactly. But with this, it's not clear. I don't think it is. I honestly don't think he wants that because he also is just like I just want to give my money to somebody nice. I'm gonna die anyways. Yeah. Maybe he did. And she sees it as like, let's use your money to find you a cure. And I think he needed that in his life. Like the, he's a, he, he wants companionship and. He wants companionship. Yeah. And like at the beginning of the film, he's talking. Who is he talking to? Do we know? It's just a family member. And they're yeah. just saying like, okay, go. And you're, if you're going to die, you're going to die. Nobody's saying to him, fight, yeah. fight for your life. And at the end of she's this, the she's, first the one one really she's a stranger yeah. and say it. Yeah, that's true. At the end of it, I wasn't disgusted by whatever it was. I did still find it endearing. Yeah, it was kind of endearing. It was still yeah. endearing at the end, but I was confused. Even if it was meant to be a sexual relationship, I did find it endearing, but I was confused by that. And again, I think these are things that like at the time in the 30s, when you think about it, like a hundred years from now, what are movies going to be doing that we can't even fathom? You know, at the time, wow. exactly. <laughs> in the 30s, they didn't think, they didn't show John Barrymore's dead body. No, we just know he's we dead. just know he's dead they they did not show there's, his, no, blood, there's no blood there's no there's gore. nothing you don't even see his dead body again the limitations of censorship they were at a time where there was just like we just don't do this and so imagine these people seeing a quentin tarantino yeah, movie today but that's my point is that like these movies yeah. are so sheltered in what they are that maybe watching it at the time it was actually easier to interpret what it was than what we see it as yeah, today. Yeah, because it's confusing because mm, we are missing information, whereas they were. E- it was easier for them to read between the lines. Do we know anybody that old? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Should I ask my dad? But that's not for another like no. thirteen Still years. Still a little bit to go for him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I did question that because even when when the Baron dies, I had to be like, is he dead? Did he die? Like I wasn't sure of it. Part of me was hoping he would like come back too. No, I was really happy that he died. <laughs> and then like I beat him up. I thought that was a great plot point. I was not expecting it. Is quite it. Inter- especially because you're thinking the whole time like he's one of he's the main character. Yeah. Like we want to see is he able to like successfully get get the goods yeah. and know? run off with Greta Garbo. I kind of wanted them to run yeah, off. Yeah, but together. I love that they didn't. I love that this movie didn't. E- even with uh, Joan Crawford and Kringling. The relationship doesn't feel like romance, right? It doesn't feel like a happy ending. It feels like an ending. It feels like these two people who are meant to just live together in, mm-hmm. you know, pl- 
platon like as a platonic relationship Platoni? that's Platoni. Pl- Platonium? i wasn't sure where i was going with that <laughs> but as a platonic relationship that's what the, just what they were doing yeah in our modern day version though i don't know if we could have an ending like that what do you think the ending would have to be oh gosh i hope i know what i would like wa- want to do yeah. but it's stupid what is it <laughs> I would have like a twist at the end being like she was actually plotting that all along. <laughs> she wanted his money and then he dies and she gets his money and she's like in one of those like um divorcee robes with the fur oh, God. and her collar just <laughs> <laughs> That's my bad cheesy ending yeah. at the yeah. <laughs> do you have sequel prequel ideas? I do have like what I would like for a sequel or even just like a movie on its own. I kind of want to know what happened if he hadn't died and he ran off with Greta Garbo and what that looks like, like their life in in Europe traveling by train, because I think she would get sick of him. And I think that would be really interesting to explore. And then what lengths will she go to to then get rid of him because she's so sick of him. And I think it could be a really funny like romantic comedy sort of like what happens when you have the happily ever after. It's like, oh, I actually hate this person. Let me Mm -hmm. like destroy them. Yeah. (laughs) I think the fact that he dies and she doesn't know and she's is kind of like sent off without really having closure on that. It's like the inciting incident of another very interesting film. That too. Right? Like... Where does that take her yeah, mentally? Mentally, and like, what does she yeah. do with it? And where was she? Like, I think there's, it's interesting. But what kind of men does she pick up along the yeah. way? And how does she, yeah, how does, how she, does she cope with her What happens with her career? Like, what happens to her? I think that's interesting. Does she get to make the ballet that she wants yeah. to make? And yeah. I think the fact that you're able to talk about this in so many things, like, there's a lot to actually say about it, is mm. a good sign to my next question of did this deserve to win Best Picture? Before I go into that, I just thought of casting for her character. Elle Fanning. Oh, yeah, maybe. I haven't seen The Great, but I've heard really great things about The Great. And from what I understand about The Great, I think that Elle Fanning could do that. Maybe. That's not unreasonable. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. Does this deserve to win an Oscar? Again, at this time and point, it's very hard to decide, like, do these films actually deserve the wins? Because we don't know what the films were yeah. like at that time. I'm just looking at, at what else was nominated. So Grand Hotel, mm-hmm. Bad Girl. Bad Girl. <laughs> One Hour With You. Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> okay. The Champ. Yep. The Smiling Lieutenant. Yep. And, like, the poster for The Smiling <laughs> Lieutenant. That man's going to murder someone. <laughs> Are you looking at yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Shanghai Express, which I feel like I've heard of. I feel like I've of. heard of Shanghai Express, yeah. <laughs> yes. Five Star Final and Aerosmith. But not like Aerosmith the band, like Aero, like A-R-R-O-W. Not like Steven Tyler, Aerosmith. <laughs> um, yeah, Grand Hotel deserves this win, 100p. <laughs> All these other films suck. No, um, I did, as much as I was like disappointed by the start of this film, it's like you said, the end was, was the cut, was really great. And I can imagine being in the theater and being overwhelmed by like all these things suddenly happening yeah. and the pacing starting to pick up. And so I think that it probably was a very exciting movie for people to watch. Almost in the same way that like Parasite was so exciting yeah, for that's us. that's interesting. In, in 2019. Yeah. Like I th- could totally see that being the case with this one as well. So I'm going to say it does deserve its best picture win. Okay. What about you? I also agree. Like I also think <laughs> it totally, again, it's hard to compare because we haven't seen the rest of the films, but 
the fact that it did, I, I can't say that something else should have won over it or whether it deserved yeah. to win over the other pictures, but I can say that watching this, I was entertained. I was actually like more than the other movies, including All Quiet on the Western Front, I was actually entertained by this. And especially watching the second hour, I was totally like engulfed in like asking questions like, oh my God, is he going to die? What's going to happen? Like I w- I've had that dialogue and I think that's fun and that's actually really rare to happen in a movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really, I, I, I enjoyed this. And I think how it's made is actually really interesting. And the start to the finish, like it felt very complete and it felt like a grand film, which is what yeah. an Oscar winner should feel like. It should feel like a big movie. And this did feel like that. Yes. Yeah. There we go. This is your time for your rating. For my star rating. Mm. There we go. Pacing aside. Yes. This is a very exciting and monumental movie. We didn't get into it very much here but there also was like a lot of hollywood lore that went into the creation of this film like this is one of the first movies that has an all-star cast an all-star ensemble that has really big names that people knew and so that was a really big risk for the for mgm Mm -hmm. at the time because like they didn't know will something like that go over well with audiences do people want to see films like that and i think it's really interesting because Recently, you and I have had a conversation about an upcoming movie called Glass Onion. The name is <laughs> the Glass Onion and Eyes Out feature, in which, um, if you know me and you've listened to this podcast, you know I adore Knives Out. Yes. And I am very worried about this movie yeah. that's upcoming because there's such an ensemble in this, and it is a, a stew of well-known names within Hollywood, a and I don't even. know... A bevy. Yeah. I like stews, though. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like a, jam- a jambalaya. A jambalaya, <laughs> yes, of people. <laughs> of people. Um, and so I'm concerned about, you know, is this movie going to take off the way that I hope it will? Um, or that I believe it should. And I think that probably was the same sentiment when they were making this at the time. It's like, is this movie going to take off? Are we getting our bang for our buck here? Because we are paying a lot for these stars. And I think if I was a moviegoer in 1932 and I was seeing all these names together, I would be just delighted with what I end up with. For all the reasons that we discussed of its, you know, the ending that lets you sort of go away with your own imagination. Like I could have a hundred different scenarios for sequel prequel ideas. And I love that about Mm -hmm. this movie. Whereas when I think about older films, I'm more inclined to believe that they try to end things up with a nice perfect bow Mm -hmm. because it feels like that's what the time should have been. But this was actually a real surprise for me because it went in the direction that I didn't think it was going to go into at all. That first hour in, I was like, okay, I know what's happening here. It's just going to be these people's like lives Mm. and maybe the old man will die. The thief will get the jewels. The ballerina will be depressed. And, you know, um, exactly where it's going. Exactly. And you and you think, you know, these characters as well. And it turns itself just around the corner to have all these little different thrills and and not chills, but just these different thrills. yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is very exciting to see, especially in 1932, because that's not what I was expecting Mm -hmm. at all. And so I am leaving Grand Hotel with my my Yelp review (laughs) or my Expedia review um, of three and a half stars. Yes. There we go. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's your highest rating so far. It's so far. Yeah. 
Get at it. You know, one thing you it asked. It happened one night. <laughs> yeah. One thing you asked me was from a screenwriting perspective, what I thought and that I didn't get to mm-hmm. mention was this movie is is a ensemble, but none of the characters feel shortchanged. Mm. That is really difficult to do properly. Yes. Ensembles oftentimes, someone, even in the best of them, someone is always, there's a character underdeveloped somewhere and yeah. no one is in here. And this movie is also not three hours long. Like, it's not it's, it's not taking up so much space that it needs all that space to do it. It's very economical in its storytelling. And some mm-hmm. of the stories are a little bit more shallow, let's say. Like, they're not super deep. But as a result of them being a little bit more on the shallow end, we're able to have the depth overall. And I think that is actually really compelling. And it's really interesting to watch that. I think the pacing in the first half is there for a reason. I personally think it's there for a reason. I do think that it justifies the end justifies the beginning, especially. And I think if I'm going mm-hmm. to sit back and watch this again, I could totally appreciate why we do that. I also almost wish I had watched it in one sitting. I did, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that would have affected it, but I did find that like when I was watching the second half yesterday, I was like totally riveted. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. And I wonder if that would have made, I don't know how that would have made things like for me feel, to be quite honest. It's just yeah. kind of like a, a thought in, in my head. But overall, this is really entertaining. And I think that says a lot about a movie that is entertaining. It doesn't try to wrap everything up with a bow. You have these really interesting characters, this really interesting intersecting of these characters and like what they mean and who they are and all of that. I think mm-hmm. a modern day retelling of this could be a little bit more sophisticated just because of how mm-hmm. storytelling and filmmaking has evolved. And I think this is one of the few movies that I would like to see again in the future, just to see like what you can do with it, because I think there's so much you could do with it. I would also like to say that I'm glad we didn't have, I don't know what was happening in Berlin in the 30s. I imagine it was the start of maybe Nazi Germany. It's like just around the corner. Yeah, it's like just around the corner. We don't have any political ties to it. We're not going into detail about that. That's not what this movie's about. And I like that restraint about it. I really do. Yes. Because I think in another world, and the thing that would happen now would be one of those characters would be a Nazi. Or would be a Nazi sympathizer. Or like, or, or would be Jewish. Or like something about this would be so linked to the upcoming war that's coming that it would mm-hmm. be kind of boring. Like, I like that this removes that yeah, kind of that's why I don't like war movies, guys. <laughs> and granted, in 1932, <laughs> no one knew what was going to happen, right? So I get, like, I, that's probably why that isn't there. But being here now in 2022, I can still appreciate that. Well, I mean, they had been through a world war. They kind of had an idea of, like... But they didn't know what something. was forthcoming, right? Like, I'm that's saying true. that now in, like, 1932, Nazi Germany was building at that point. So. Yes. The Nazi regime was slowly starting to spread around Berlin, I would assume. But in 1932, they probably didn't think it was a big deal, that it needed Mm -hmm. to be addressed. Whereas in 2022, we would totally be addressing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a little boring because there was a time where that wasn't the case, right? Like in 1932, they didn't know what was coming in 10 years. So there's that. All this to say, totally deserves this picture. I would definitely watch this again. I'm also giving this three and a half stars. Well, look at us. Same score. So far, it is tied with All all Quiet on the Western Front. And that's that's reasonable, I think. Yeah. Like, that totally makes sense. I'm definitely glad we watched that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. <sighs> Before we get to our next week's movie, Mita, yeah. what am I connecting? Okay. It's time for our game. I'm just going to give you a quick 
Uh, I don't think you need to do it every is. time. Yes, because what if somebody random just listens to the podcast you know and they're like, what they is need this to figure game it out. they're playing? Okay, basically, I'm just giving Nadim um, two movies. He has to figure out a way to connect it. And eventually, we'll connect the movies that we're actually talking about. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, Nadim, last week, you challenged me to connect A Time to Kill to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I did. And I did so successfully. Using a Marvel movie. Using a Marvel movie. <laughs> This week I have for you, you need to connect Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon to one of your favorite films, The Favorite. The Favorite. The Favorite. Not your daughter. That's a big one. But The Favorite. Not my daughter, who is also what I used to call The Favorite. Yeah. What are you going to call? You have another I call her my favorite girl now. (laughs) And I call him my favorite boy. That's nice. Okay. Thanks to the big man. What if they were both girls? I know. I don't have to think about that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Crouching Tiger to La Favorite. The Favorite. And your timer starts now. Crouching Tiger is directed by Ang Lee. Mm -hmm. Ang Lee directed. Give me a second here. It's like in my brain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ang Lee directed. There's like roundabout ways of doing this. Angley directed. You have 30 seconds. I know. Angley directed The Hulk. Okay. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which Hulk? The others too. He didn't direct that. You know which one he directed. He directed the one he directed. No, but I forget who stars in that one. Is that the Eric Bana one? You were wasting my time here. <laughs> you have eight seconds. You wasted Sorry. my time with all those questions. He, you didn't have it. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll give you an extra eight seconds. It was Eric. He's directed the Eric Bana one with Jennifer Connelly. Okay. Eric Bana must have been in some... Eric Bana okay, was in... it's been a minute eight. But I'll let you try. So this is... I can do it. Eric Bana was in Munich, directed by Steven Spielberg, who directed War uh-huh. of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise was in a remake of The Mummy. And Rachel Weisz was in the original Mummy. But she's not in the remake. Uh, I think that counts. <laughs> I don't think that counts. And I have a really tell very me, simple tell way. Me. Um, Ang Lee directed um, Billy Flynn in The Long Way Home. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he did. Right? Yeah. Yes. And Joe Alwyn, boyfriend of Taylor Swift, oh. is in Billy Flynn. Joe Alwyn is also in... The Favorite. The Favorite. Yeah, I did not know that. I was not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> it was, it was an, a valiant effort. Yeah. I gave There's you an extra There's definitely other ways seconds. to do that, though. Yeah, there must be. There must be. But I, yeah. Well, okay. I tried. Didn't oh, work. here we go. Um, Ang Lee directed Brokeback Mountain with Jake Gyllenhaal, who is the brother of Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal who just directed Olivia <laughs> Colman. Yes, in The Lost in... Daughter. That's, yeah, <laughs> the Lost that's... Daughter, who is in The Favorite. Yeah. yeah. There has to be a way with what's her I'm name, I'm good. <laughs> you remember it's because, you, like your mom said, it's all that IMDb knowledge i studied it like yeah. it was university <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes next uh, week i'm gonna give you the favorite and something else and meet that the rule is going to be no more marvel i'm not allowed no to use a marvel, marvel yeah no yeah that's absolutely not fair. it's absolutely fair it's the same that is universe blasphemy no it's blasphemy. not marvel okay. using marvel is actual blasphemy fine speaking of which have you started to watch miss marvel <laughs> i haven't yet no no, I haven't. Why not? I, haven't, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the um, Moon Knight. I haven't watched like any of the TV. Yeah, but Miss Marvel a is a little while. different. I know. I, I'll get into it eventually. I hope it's good. I've heard good things. You've heard good things. There we go. Maybe next week 
we can talk about it when we also talk about cavalcade cavalcade oh wait it's cavalcade is it cavalcade or cavalcade we should learn this <laughs> it's cavalcade 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 Cavalcade. cavalcade. The calvary, like the cavalry is here. Yeah, cavalcade. cavalcade. That's what it is. Great. There's horses yeah. in this one, probably. Who knows what this one's about? It's another Cimarron, really. Yep, it's from 1933. Yep. Best picture. You can winner. rent it on Apple. <laughs> and we're watching Cavalcade. There we go. I have nothing to say about Cavalcade because I have no idea. Same Z's. We'll we'll learn we'll together. Learn together. We'll ride through the cavalry together. But that's all for next week. Nita, yes. do you have any parting words for this episode? I do, Nadim. Such is life. Hmm. Okay. It is. Did you want it to be the other No, one? I actually like this one. Okay. It's good. Good choice. Yeah. I feel like I want to be alone. It's also like one of AFI's top 100 quotes, and I feel like, why? Is it? But... I want to be alone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a weird one. Mm-hmm. People loved when Greta Garbo said it. She did want to be alone. I want to be alone. She really chewed the scenery in that one. Anne would kill it, but I also think Elle Fanning could do a really good job. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for Cavalcade. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod. On the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>